0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night wherever you are in the world and whenever you are listening to this broadcast on our website. It is time for let's talk about Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so glad you've joined us today. Anywhere in the world that you are hearing this and we would love to hear from you by the way to let us know. Uh we you know we know the Lord of the Harvest is sending the word of God and we're part of that process by getting on the internet and and sharing our ministry uh, our part of the harvest field is to reach out through this ministry not only to the lost and, and people who don't know Christ to invite them to come to Christ but also to Christians to grow and mature in the Lord that we can have an effective witness wherever we go and all become part of the end gathering of this last day harvest of souls just before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're happy to have you with us today. There is a place on our website. Uh, that you can communicate with us. Just let us know uh, that uh, you are enjoying this broadcast, what it's meant to you, what has happened in your life as a result of it. It would be a strong encouragement to us. And as we share it with others, others may want to partner with us to continue to propagate the gospel through every media and every means possible. Hallelujah. Because we want to, we want to be about our father's business and finish his work that he's given us and the bible said we're to work while it is day for the night cometh when no man shall work we have a window of opportunity and we want to seize the day hallelujah amen so as we seize the day today once again if you open your bibles for this bible study to revelation the book of Revelation, chapter 5. And we're going to be talking about Jesus, the Lion, and the Lamb. I want to say that again. Jesus, the Lion, and the and the Lamb. It it sounds like a contradiction in terms that Jesus would be both the mighty lion and also the Lamb. But here we have a, a clear perspective of of Jesus as fulfilling both of these titles perfectly. Hallelujah. Listen to Revelation five, one through seven. He said, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who's worthy to open the book? And to loose the seals thereof. I'm going to say it like the angel said. Well, I can't say it like he said it. When angels talk loud, it probably shakes the universe. But anyway, I I believe maybe I can shake my coffee cup. Amen. Who is worthy? Who is worthy to open the book? And to loose the seals, it's a challenge. Is there any one worthy? Whatever this book is, Amen. And many say it. 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 it as it begins to open. Each seal, the different plagues come upon the earth. These are judgments that are coming uh, before the, the coming of Christ to rule and to reign upon the earth. Who's worthy? Judgment belongs to God and to God alone. Who is worthy? Who is without sin? Let him cast the first stone, Jesus said. Amen. Is there anybody worthy to open the seal and open the scroll? Amen. That was the challenge. Who is worthy? And some even uh speculate that this uh, also represents the title deed to the earth. Amen. That, that Adam gave up when he began to obey the devil instead of God. Amen. That there's a return to ownership. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, uh, having said that, let's go forward. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, (laughs) weep not. Behold, look, he's going to show him something. See, this is about revelation here. And it's not revelation just of the Antichrist and the plagues. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. Now I want you to know that he looked for a lion and he saw a lamb. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. And not only a lamb, but a lamb as it had been slain. As the throat is cut to slay the lamb before it is offered, the blood uh, from the the lamb stains that beautiful, pure, white wool. And he saw a blood-soaked lamb instead of a mighty, powerful lion. How could this be one in the same? Listen carefully. I beheld in verse 6, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. But listen, this lamb, though it was sacrificed, has all the attributes of God. (laughs) Jesus was what? He was Emmanuel, God with us. Listen, this having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, which are sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. That begins the scenario, the opening of, the, of each part of this scroll. Each seal is broken. Each part is rolled out. Listen. Revelation 5 changes and should change our revelation of Jesus Christ. And here's some things that have changed in our perception and should change. No one in the universe can break the seal of the scroll held by the Almighty. Only the Lion of Judah is able to open the scroll. And John turns and sees not a roaring lion, But he sees a lamb, a lamb as it had been slain. The word describes a little lamb here, little pet lamb in particular, rather than an adult. The lamb has seven eyes and horns, signifying wisdom and strength. By the way, seven is God's number for perfection, perfect wisdom, and perfect power. Hallelujah. Omnipotence is attributed to Jesus Christ. Christ, all-powerful. Praise God. The lamb overcomes by being slain, a sacrificial lamb. The lamb is worthy to open the scroll, for he stands at the very center of the being of God. Mary's little lamb is worthy of the same adoration as the Almighty God, Let's read the rest of Revelation 5. Let's go to verse 8. It said, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors or incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. And open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God. By thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. (laughs) Hallelujah. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we with him. This is talking about shall reign upon the earth. You know the scripture said if we suffer with him. We're going to reign with him. And this is that distinct prophecy right here. Listen to verse 11. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand. Oh, honey, and thousands of thousands. I don't even know how you tabulate that, but I know it is a, probably an unpronounceable number, saying with a loud voice, worthy, is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such are in the sea and all that are in them. And I heard I, I heard, heard, I saying, Blessed and honor and glory and all power be unto him that sits on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Friend of mine, I want you to know today, Jesus was not just a good man dying a martyr's death. He was very God laying down his life. The only way that an eternal God, who is spirit in his essence, uh, eternal spirit in his essence, could do that was to take on flesh. The second person of the Godhead taking on flesh amen this is the glory of the cross as one writer put it how can this be my god dying for me number one here today i want to bring this out why is jesus called a lion Lines are powerful and dangerous. If you remember from the story, uh, it's a, an allegory. This, this uh, story that is written of Aslan, the lion, representing Jesus. Uh, and, and uh, the little girl in the story asks uh, about this mighty lion that is so powerful and so intimidating. And she asked, is he dangerous in the narnia chronicles and the, and the person says unto her yes but he's good <laughs> hallelujah amen listen jesus is called a lion even in jesus day the lion was not only powerful and dangerous the lion was a symbol of royalty there's a specific reference to the prophecy that Jacob gave the descendants of Judah in Genesis 49, 9, and 10. It said, Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down and crouched as a lion, and as a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Hallelujah. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, and thus the kingdom here. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. That's corresponding. Uh, To the book of Daniel, speaking of Jesus coming in his kingdom, growing to cover the entire earth. And his kingdom is going to be an everlasting kingdom. Hallelujah. To him shall be the obedience of the peoples and every tribe and tongue and people and language will serve him. (laughs) Since Jesus is a descendant of Judah, all this is fulfilled in the images of Revelation chapter 5. And the angel also refers to Jesus as the root of David. This term comes from Isaiah 11, although there he's called the root of Jesse, David's father, but he is the root of the stem of Jesse. Amen. Listen, listen to this prophecy out of Isaiah 11, one through five, and part of nine and ten. There shall come a shoot from the stump of Jesse. And a branch from his root shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Listen to how this corresponds to Revelation here. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. And he shall kill or destroy the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. In that day, verse 10 says, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal for the peoples. Of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. (laughs) Hallelujah. See, this passage pictures a perfect king, a king who will bring justice to the poor and the weak, a king who will punish the wicked. And by the breath of his lips and the striking the earth with the rod of his mouth. There's a great need today, dear friend, in particular today, to bring the correct balance to our perception of Jesus Christ. We will either meet Christ as our sovereign and our Savior, or we will meet him as our judge. Listen to me today. I believe we've got a one-sided view of Jesus as the, this kind of artist perception of him as this pale emaciated weak looking person that that they could just take and put on the cross because he he couldn't do anything about it I want, to, I want to tell you something today they didn't they didn't make him go to the cross and soldiers didn't 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 force him to lay down on that cross nails did not hold him or pin him to that cross remember when they came to get him peter drew his sword to defend him, Amen. And, and and actually, he swung it at the first person who came for Jesus, and and he went for his head. And the man the man flinched, and he he cut his ear off. And Jesus reached down and took that ear and stuck it right back on his head. The bleeding stopped and there was an immediate, uh, immediate knitting of the ear back. <laughs> Amen. And then he turned around to Peter. See, he demonstrated his power as very God and not just some poor, hapless, helpless martyr that was going to be slain. Amen. For, for the cause. No. He came with a mission, he fulfilled it willfully, and and he said, no man takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down, he said earlier, and I have the power to take it up again. Hallelujah. Do you see the lion and the lamb? And he told Peter, put up your sword. If my kingdom were of this world, I could call thousands of angels i could call the armies of heaven literally amen he's called in the old covenant speaking typically of christ he is called the the lord of hosts literally meaning the commander in chief of all of heaven's armies he could have called did you see all these angels thousands times thousands and thousands of thousands. He could have called every single one of them. He had that kind of awesome authority because he was God in flesh, God incarnate. Hallelujah. But he didn't. He didn't. He allowed them. To do what they did to him. Make no mistake about it. It was love for you and me. That held him to that cross. It was love for you and me. That caused him not to cry out. And call down those angels. And just just forget redeeming mankind. And go ahead and destroy the earth. And go, and sit upon his throne in heaven. With all the angels of God. And rule. Listen. But he became a lamb, a sacrificed lamb, the lion, let them kill him, torture him, that we might be forgiven and that we might be saved. And we need to understand that we are going to stand before Jesus as our Savior or we're going to stand before Jesus as our judge. Instead of who's afraid of the big bad wolf, they sing today who's afraid of the little blood-soaked lamb. Just preach the love of God and never His judgment is to create a perception of God as just a kind old man. And Christ is kind of a hapless, helpless little soul who deserves our pity instead of our fear and praise. And when I say, as Christians, our fear and praise, it means that we are to deeply reverence Him and understand that we're dealing with a holy and mighty God. Thank God He loves us. Thank God there's grace flowing from Him. Is He dangerous? Yes, but thank God he's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Get a hold of this powerful truth today. The God who in his mercy and love laid down his life in and through Christ for you and me is also the God who in his majesty and power is who is able to protect you from the enemy. Amen. Our God is a awesome God. Our God is a mighty God. Our God is both lion and lamb. Probably no one captured the line of Judah's loftiness better than S.M. Lockridge when he spoke the following. I like what he said, and I'm going to try to read it all while we have a little bit of time. He's the one who made us. He's the, it is he who made us and not we ourselves. The heavens, deco- wait a minute! I'm gonna stop and say, listen. If you may have on your house shoes, you may have on your boots, you may have on your sandals, <laughs> your moccasins, you may have on, hey uh, man, whatever kind of. You may be barefooted today, but it's time to put on your shouting shoes. <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise God. If you if you if you don't have some shouting shoes, you need to you need to get some. And in other words, you need to get an attitude of gratitude that causes you want to shout hallelujah and praise him today because he's the one who made us it is he who made us and not we ourselves the heavens declare the glory of god and the firmament shows his handiwork no means nor measure can define his limitless love and no far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. And he's immortally graceful. Hallelujah. He's imperially powerful and impartially merciful. He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's the center savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust him. He does not have to call for help, and you can't confuse him. He doesn't need you, and he doesn't need me. He stands alone in solitude of himself. He's august, and he's unique. He's unparalleled, and he's unprecedented. He's supreme, and he's preeminent. He's the loftiest idea in literature, the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem of higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything. Everything good that you can call him. I'm trying to tell you, you can trust in him. He can satisfy all your needs. He can do it simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. And he's available for the tempted and tried. He sympathizes and he sees. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the leper. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He regards the aged. He regards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust Him. (laughs) I'm going to just stop here and say, glory be to God. Hallelujah. I got on my shouting shoes. How about you? He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of heroes. He's the leader of legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of the governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. Oh, you can trust him. Hallelujah. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. Because he's incomprehensible. He's irresistible because he's invincible. You can't get, you can't get him off your hands and you can't get him off your mind. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. (laughs) Pilate couldn't stand it when he found out he couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him and the witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him, and death couldn't handle him, and thank God the grave. Couldn't hold him. I got to stop again. E.M. Lockridge is done. <laughs> he, 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 he's he's done stirred me up today. How 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 can how is is he all of this? Is there any any reason to doubt that he's all that he's being declared to be here today? That Jesus, there's a term today when someone fulfills uh, all of something. He's all. All that i 'm going to tell you right now yes he 's Jesus is all that glory be to God uh, he 's not even finished. <laughs> glory to God. I might take a shout and break in just a minute. if we had time i'd just take a little run around the <laughs> I'd take a run around the house anyway. listen, there was nobody before him, and there will be nobody after him. He had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. (laughs) You can't impeach him, and he's not going to resign. Friend of mine, you can trust him. Look at these qualities again. Majesty, power, boldness, sternness, assertiveness, and loftiness. Do they not move you? Do they not call out for self-examination? Is He the Lion ruling over us? Have we surrendered to Him as the prevailing One? Jesus is the Lion, and Jesus certainly also is the Lamb. Jesus is Lion and Lamb. He's King, coming to wreak vengeance on His enemies and to judge the earth. He is the gentle Lamb dying for His people as isaiah writes so accurately he is the lion and he's also the lamb isaiah 40:10 and 11 behold the lord god comes with his might and his arm rules for him behold his reward is with him and his recompense before him he will tend his flock like a shepherd He will gather the lambs in His arms. He will carry them in His bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Friend, He comes to rule and He comes to pay back His enemies. Maranatha, Anathema. He comes to carry gently His lambs. See Him in His entirety. See Him in all of His glory. Don't try to tame him, to limit him, to box him in. Love him as the lamb dying for your sin. Love him as the lion with all authority, might, and power. Love him as the bridegroom coming for his church. And love him as the conquering, vengeful king with the bloody robe. Love the complete Christ and rejoice that he is your king your sovereign, and your Savior today. Friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to meet Him as that meek, emaciated-looking little artist conception of Jesus. You're going to meet Him as very God and very man. And He wants to save you because He became A lamb, the lion laid down, let them kill him slowly so that you could be saved. Run to him today. Don't run from him. Run to him today and be saved. Oh, he loves you so much today. Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that a lion would become a lamb for? In Jesus' name.